honestly and truly, wow. Adam didn't know what he was getting when he got Eve. <laughs> well, maybe he did. You know, he was a man and he didn't know what else to call her. So he just looked at her and said, whoa, man. <laughs> and that's how we got woman. Mom and Dad were watching TV. By the way, this is from out of my book, The Confident Woman, which you can get. And if you're a guy, you can just put tape over the woe. <laughs> Same message will work for you. Anyway, Mom and Dad were watching TV when Mom said, I'm tired and it's getting late and I think I'll go to bed. She got up, went to the kitchen to make sandwiches for the next day's lunches, rinsed out the dessert bowls, took meat out of the freezer for supper, the following, for supper the following evening, checked the cereal box levers, filled the sugar container, put spoons in the bowls, put bowls on the table, started the coffee pot for brewing the next morning, put some wet clothes in the dryer, put a load of clothes in the washer, ironed a shirt, sewed on several loose buttons, picked up the game pieces left on the table, put the telephone book back in the drawer. She watered the plants, emptied a wastebasket, hung up a towel to dry. She yawned and stretched and headed for the bedroom. She stopped by the desk, wrote a note to the teacher, counted out some cash for a school outing, pulled out a textbook from under the chair, signed a birthday card for a friend, addressed and stamped the envelope, wrote a quick list for the supermarket the next day. She went and put both of those in her purse. Mom then creamed her face, put on moisturizer, brushed and flossed her teeth, trimmed her nails. Hubby called, I thought you were going to bed. I'm on my way, she said. She... <laughs> She put some water into the dog's pole, put the cat outside, made sure the doors were locked, took, looked in on each one of the children, turned on a bedside lamp, hung up a shirt, threw some dirty socks in the laundry basket, had a brief conversation with the one child still doing homework. In her own room, she set the alarm, laid out clothing for the next day, straightened up the shoe rack, added three things to her to-do list for the next day. About that time, the husband turned off the TV and announced to no one in particular, I'm going to bed, and he did. <laughs> Let me tell you something, women, you rock. I am telling you what, the details that women take care of and keep up with to run a house, you men, you have no idea what God has given you. You just don't have the slightest idea. I'm going to bed. And he got up and he did. And that's true. Women take care of all that stuff. All those little tiny details that nobody even pays any attention to. So let me tell you, you never ever have to wonder if you're a good mother. You never have to wonder if you're a good wife. You need to start celebrating all the things that you do because you are amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. Come on, let's give the, the mothers in here a big hand. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for this day. We just want to pray your blessing over there. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Amen. Yeah.
She goes, I sent you a video, so now I get to preach after Joyce Myers. That's awesome. <laughs> Amen. We'd have done some of that stuff, but we're always told we don't do it right, so we just stay out of the way. Hallelujah. We just go to bed. Amen. Safest place for us to be is going to bed. So why are you going to bed? I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. Hallelujah. Did you do this? No, but I know there was something I forgot, so I'm just going to go to bed and sleep it off. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. We appreciate you guys helping us out. We'd be lost without you. Amen. Well, this morning... I have a message too, so uh, I'm going to ask you just to follow along, but I picked out three women that, to talk about this morning and to encourage because that is so true. Women do such amazing things, and they cover and they fill up all the gaps of our lives, and we are sorry. We live with a void in our life, and so the thing that you want us to be, we're sorry. God sucked all that out of us and put it in you. And we would do some of that stuff, but it's not even in us. We, you, go, you look at us, have you thought about that? No, we never have those thoughts. And it's just not our fault. You should be spending more time complaining to God instead of being frustrated with us. Amen. Amen. God's good. Just trying to help the guys out there a little bit. So, amen. Well, guys, this morning we'll give you some help along the way here as well in dealing with this. And uh, so I just picked out three ladies that I would talk about this morning because there's three distinct things that I want us to see. And uh, the first one is that, is that the original woman in the Bible is Eve. And in Genesis chapter 2, there's an account about how all of this came to pass. And uh, it says this, beginning in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all of the animals, wild animals, and all the birds of the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one, and he gave names to all of the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all of the wild animals. But there still was no helper just right for him, which is why dog is not man's best friend. Amen? doesn't fill in. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept. The Lord God took one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last the man explained, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. How many know God created us to be a people without shame? Amen. Without guilt. And that's the way God created our union to be. You see, Eve was the first woman on earth and she was the first wife. And for Mother's Day, we just want to declare to you guys, Proverbs 31.25 says that she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear at the future. So ladies, I want you to know that God clothes you with his strength and with his dignity and you can have great confidence that he is working on your behalf for your future. Can you say amen? 
Hallelujah. And so Eve being the first woman on earth, she was also the first wife and the first mother. She is known as the mother of all living. And even though these are remarkable accomplishments, little else is known about Eve. Moses' account was very sparse. And so we have to assume that God had a reason for this lack of detail. Like many noteworthy mothers, even though Eve's accomplishments were significant, for the most part, they were not mentioned. And even though Joyce did a great job of bringing all that out, whether you realize it or not, we notice it. We just forget to mention it. Amen. We know and we recognize all the things that you guys do. But so many times, moms and women do so many things that goes unnoticed. It may be unnoticed by those you think who should, but it never goes unnoticed by God. Could you say amen? See, in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis, as we read, God decided it would be good for Adam to have a companion and a helper. Causing Adam to fall deeply asleep, God took one of his ribs and he used it to form Eve. God called the woman Ezer, E-Z-E-R, which in Hebrew means help. Adam named the woman Eve, meaning lie, referring to her role, or that woman is a help in our life. God gave us help. He looked at us just said, the boy's going to need some help. Amen? And so that is it. I mean, look, he just said, this isn't good. If this dude is alone, this will not turn out well. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Eve became Adam's companion, his helper, the one who would complete him and share equally his responsibility over creation. She too was made in the image of God, displaying a portion of the characteristic of God, meaning that together Adam and Eve would alone fulfill God's purpose in the continuation of creation. So Adam and Eve are there, they're hanging out, they were super hot, cool looking people. I had to find some pictures. I actually looked. I, I thought we'd at least have some pictures of them on Google or something. But actually, you can't find any actual pictures of them. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> Amen. So we came up with some artwork. Hope it's a good representation. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, they're, they're hanging out together. With Eve, God brought human relationships, friendships, companionship, and marriage into the world. With the creation of man, God said, I created man. You and I, all of us, we were created for relationship, for companionship, for friendship, and for marriage. God created us for the union of becoming one. See, it's worth noting that God apparently created Adam and Eve as adults. There they are. God made them. They wake up. Hey, we're adults. Cool. Thank God they didn't go through adolescence. We'd really be in a mess. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So God spared them from their teenage years. And so with that, and Brother Hood used to say this, my pastor, he said, he believed God made everything old. In other words, everything mature. Every tree was fully mature. When it was a fruit tree, it was already bearing fruit. So everything created at the place of maturity. Think about that. See, God made his rules, though, and desires perfectly, and desires perfect rules and desires though to be us to be held accountable by them Eve's only knowledge had come from Adam and God at that point she was pure of heart created in the image of God and the Bible tells us that there was no shame between them but see Eve had no knowledge of evil so when it came to her encounter with the serpent she never would have expected that he would have been there to beguile her to deceive her to lead her astray they're in a place of innocence 
But what happened is she also knew that she was required to obey God. Even though she and Adam had been put over all the animals, she chose to listen and to obey an animal rather than God. And we've always been at the, all of us have experienced being at the place where we've listened to the wrong voice at the wrong time. Now, if you have animals talking to you, you see us after prayer and we'll help you with that situation. (laughs) But we all know that that wrong voice can come at any time and through multiple variations of ways. See, God's purpose in creating them together was that they were never meant to be alone. I want you to hear that. They were never meant to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He didn't create for the woman to be alone. We're supposed to be able to come together and be united together as one, not be alone. Whether it's in life, in decisions, in actions. We're not supposed to make uh, decisions independently of one another, but unified together. Amen? Even in prayer, in our relationship with God, God created man and woman together so we know how to walk in this amazing relationship together, but then learn how to walk with Him. You should never make decisions independent of God. Shouldn't do life without him. Everything in relationship with him. And he gave us each other in a way so we would know how that union is to work. So they were never to be alone in life and decision and action. And were held accountable together by God as one. But see, Eve, as a mother of all humankind, was the first woman and the first wife. With her accomplishments, they are remarkable, but not much is revealed about her. See, she arrived on the scene without a mother or a father. Adam and Eve, the the only person they had to relate to was God. And so they're in this brand new journey learning how to walk with God. She didn't have a mentor. She didn't have somebody to teach her how to do that. She's just there learning as she goes. How many know there really is no manual for children? How many of you ever noticed most books written by child psychologists have no children? They just know how you should do it. Go have four or five, then rewrite that book. Hallelujah. Like I heard one guy, he started writing psychology book. He said, I wrote my first one before I had my first child. Then after my first child, I wrote another one. After my second child, I wrote another one. After that, I quit writing books on raising children. Amen. Because everyone is different. It seems like after a while, if you have two or three, you ought to be able to get this thing down. Crank out one that's smart. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, teasing. Glory to God. Amen. Watch this. So, she arrived without a mother and a father. She was made by God as a reflection of his image to be a helper to Adam. They were to tend the Garden of Eden, the perfect place to live. Together, they would fulfill God's purpose of populating the earth. So what happened? But Eve, being made in the image of God, was designed there to walk alongside Adam. She bore children. She assisted Adam, carried out the nurturing duties of a wife and a mother with no example to follow. And I just want to interject this. So many times we come from such a broken society and relationships and devastation. And and probably if, if we looked around, probably it is very easy with the divorce rate being what it is in America, almost probably at least half of the people in here came from some type of a broken home. And with that comes heartache and pain and through that. And then children experience that and their separation anxiety and all those things that go through that. And then we have all these expectations. And what happens is, is that we place expectations upon others to be what we want them to be to us. And then when they don't miss that, measure up to that, we get discouraged. But I learned a long time ago, nobody will ever live up to your expectations for them. And when you set those kind of expectations on others, you're setting yourself up for heartache and failure. 
Amen. Because nobody can live up to another person's expectations. Amen. God doesn't even really ask up to live us to his. He says, live for me, but here's what I'll do. I'll grace you to do it. He gives us the ability to live for him because we don't have the ability to do it on our own. Are you with me this morning? And so, so many times, maybe you come from that broken home, and then I've watched kids use that failure. When parents have made a failure, then brokenness in their life, then they turn that around to try to manipulate their parent to get the, what they want out of them, making them feel guilty. Well, if you'd have done this, if this hadn't happened, I'd have been this, and it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me just encourage you this way, especially if you're a young person in here and you come from a broken home. Never let a controlling spirit have access to your life. Amen, because once you start doing that, you're trying to operate in manipulation and control to get your own way, and that leads down a path that will not turn out well. Would you agree? You see, Eve was tempted by Satan when he deceived her into doubting God's goodness. What happened? She began to doubt God's goodness in her life, and the enemy always comes that way. Whatever the situation, he always looks for a way to get you or I to doubt the goodness of God. Of God. So the serpent urged her to focus on the one thing that she couldn't have. So if you ever see that in your fruit tree, run. Okay, if that little thing comes out of there, starts talking, especially if it starts talking to you, head for the hills, get a shovel, get the pruner out, something, but get rid of the voice out of the fruit tree. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the serpent urged her to focus, look at, to focus on the one thing she couldn't have. The devil always wants us to focus on the one thing that we can't have. She lost sight of all the pleasurable things God had placed within her and within the Garden of Eden. She became discontent, feeling sorry for herself because she could not share in God's knowledge of good and evil. Eve allowed Satan to subvert her trust for God. Although she shared a close relationship with God and her husband, Eve failed to consult either of them when confronted with Satan's lie. That's why I said earlier, we're not meant to do this life alone. Hey, should I listen to this voice? Where'd it come from? Well, I was by the tree and this weird thing stuck its head out and started talking to me. Adam should have said, no, we don't talk to those things in trees. Amen? And so, but she acted impulsively and independent, and then she invited her husband to join in. And we always do that. We invite people in. So what do we learn from Eve? We learn that women share God's image. And in our society today, some of the things I'm saying this morning in this area are no longer politically correct in our society. We are becoming a general neutral society, which is totally insane. Amen. There's no such thing as gender neutrality. God created them, male and female. And so the feminine qualities that were in Eve are part of the character of God. And God placed them inside of women uniquely to display them to it. God's purpose for creation could not be fulfilled without the equal participation of womankind. Just like we learned from Adam's life, Eve teaches us that God wants us to choose him freely. And to obey him out of love. See, nothing we do is ever hidden from God. How many would agree? Likewise, it doesn't benefit us to blame others for our own failings. We have to accept personal responsibilities for our choices that we make. And Eve had to take that responsibility. We watched that chain go down. Adam, what happened? Well, the woman. Then Eve, well, the snake. And God just said, wait a minute. You guys made the choice. We'll just deal with you. I'll get to the snake later. Amen? 
So she bore the consequences of her action, the loss of a son, Abel, the banishment of Cain, and yet experienced the redemption and restoration of God through the birth of Seth. And a couple of weeks ago, I preached you the message that your backstory is not your last story. And I bet Eve is glad that her backstory is not her last story. Amen? Because even though she made the mistake, even though she failed, God brought forgiveness. He brought restoration. He brought a covering. So Eve teaches us women. Eve teaches you today. And he teaches all of us that when we make mistakes, when we listen to the wrong voices, and it produces consequences in our life, God is still a God of forgiveness and restoration. And even through the tragic loss of a son and the banishment of another son. God gives her another son in Seth. And when you read from Genesis 5 on, you have the genealogy of our Savior. Amen? So out of the woman who we say created the fall, out of that same woman came our redemption. Could you shout amen? And so that's so good to understand in a world that wants you to never forget your mistake. You need to know that God is always a God of forgiveness and restoration. And I like this. What was Eve's occupation? She was just a wife, a mother, a companion, a helper, and the co-manager of God's creation. Amen? So she was an awesome lady. And her family tree, if you take her back, her father was God. Amen? Hallelujah. So thank God for Eve. But then there's another woman in the Bible that I want us to take a moment just to look. And this one is about when a mother becomes an unsung hero. And really there's a mother who really became the hero, hero to a whole nation, to Israel. If it hadn't been for this mother, really the nation of Israel would not be in existence today. But because of the faith of this one mother, we actually have the nation of Israel. And you and I have been allowed to become partakers. And as we said a couple last week, we've now been grafted in and we're joint heirs to the covenants and promises of God. Amen. So when a mother becomes an unsung hero through courageous acts and trust in God. And that mother is Jochebed, is the mother of, well, there's Adam killing that sheep there, having lunch, praise the Lord. Amen. But on this one, Jochebed is the mother of Moses. One major of, of the characteristics of the characters in the New Testament, she again appears just for a short time. But one of her traits stands out is her trust in God. And trusting God doesn't always mean that you're going through a good time. It's trusting God when it is a hard time that's upon your life. And so when we come to the account of her story in the Bible in Exodus chapter 2, I won't take time to read all 10 verses this morning, but it says that a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch, and she placed the child in it and putting it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And his sister, Miriam, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. You see, at the time of Moses' birth, Israel had been in the nation of, nation of Egypt for almost 400 years. And at that time, Joseph had passed away. A new pharaoh had risen to power. Israel is populating and expanding by growth. And he's intimidated by the amount of people that are there, thinking that if another nation came in and made league with them, they could join other armies and they could overthrow us. So he passed a, passed a regulation that all the newborn male children would be put to death. We need to intermingle with them. We need to incorporate them into our society. And so all newborn children are going to be put to death. Death. And so upon that, Jochebed gave birth to her son, 
And she saw that he was this healthy, wonderful little boy. But instead of letting him be murdered, she took a basket and coated the bottom of it and then placed him in the river there and trusted God. And she let him go. She put the baby in the basket, set it amongst the reeds on the bank of the Nile River. At the same time, Pharaoh's daughter was bathing just downstream. Miriam, the baby's sister, watched to see what would happen. And so as Moses flows down the stream, I tried to get some of the original pictures, but I couldn't find those on Google either. So we had to do the animated ones here. So I hope they're working out for you. And so here, Moses is there. And there's Miriam on the side saying, hey, you know what? I know somebody who would love to be a nursemaid for this child. And so let me go find this lady for you. And I'll find a great uh, uh, Hebrew woman who will come and nurse this child. And so she goes back and gets her mom and brings her back. And so then Moses is released back into his mother's arms. And she raises him and nurses him until it's time for him to be weaned. And then she takes and gives him back to Pharaoh's daughter. And he's raised by her. She brought him back, who raised him as her own. And she named him Moses, which means being drawn out. After many hardships, Moses was used by God as his servant to free the Hebrew people from slavery and lead them to the edge of the promised land. So what does this amazing woman accomplish? Here she is, an unsung hero in the Bible. Eve presses through and finds the redemption of God. But this mother, through her courageous act, does something. She moves and believes in God's protection for her baby only because she trusted the Lord could she abandon her son rather than see him killed. The order of the day was he must be put to death. But she says, I cannot. I have to trust God for my son. And so she protected him and God honored that trust and she knew that God would take care of the child. See, I believe that she sensed the destiny that God had placed within her son. And I believe every mother in here, every mom, God put something so unique on the inside of you as women in a mothering and nurturing uh, uh, capacity. Our kids fall down. You look at them, man, that's hardly bleeding. You'll be all right. Mothers are, oh my God, are you all right? We need to go to the doctor. You might need stitches. Oh my God. Are you? And, and we're like, no, it's fine. It's just like a half a pint of blood on the ground. They'll survive. <laughs> we just, we don't have those thoughts. Or we just deal different. Amen. But she knew, she sensed that destiny. And mothers just have that sense of destiny for their children. Though the circumstance, I'd tell a story on myself. We were, we were when we first went in the ministry, we were uh, uh, running a Christian school and, and, in Bernie, California. And this little guy, Jonathan Meeker, was playing out on the playground in the back. And so uh, he's hanging upside down on the jungle gym bars. And stuff. Well, he falls down and he lands on his arms. When he lands on his arm, he comes back in and goes, oh, pastor, I land on my arm. And I said, well, come on in here. We prayed for him, so I'm praying for him. I said, oh, Father, I thank you. His arm is healed. He's going to be fine. And then I take his arm and go, thank you, Lord, his arm is healed. And I'm shaking like this. Next day, he comes in with a cast. They took him in. He had actually broken his arm, but praise the Lord, I thought it was all right. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's just the way dads are wired. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's, very, it's not really broken. Yeah, it's fine. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so Jochebed showed great trust in God's faithfulness. And there's two lessons that alert, and I want you to hear this. She had great faith, and she teaches that. See, many mothers 
are faced with challenging situations in life. In our society today, as we're said, we're helping to support Planned Parenthood and we help counsel mothers through the decisions of what to do when you come across an unwanted pregnancy, an unexpected pregnancy, or however that may be. But there are many mothers who refuse to have abortions. And that's literally what Jochebed was doing. She says, I refuse to abort to end the life of my child. I believe in the destiny that's on the inside of him. But they refuse that, but yet they're faced with no choice but to put their baby up for adoption, which is literally what Jochebed was doing. I believe that if I send him down, he will find somebody to nurture and to care for him. They trust God to find a loving home for their child. Their heartbreak at giving up their baby is balanced by God's favor when they obey his command not to take an unborn life. And see, many, I've, I've, I don't know if I've shared this maybe one other time, but I actually have a stepbrother who was given up for adoption. He was born three years after me in 1956, and he raised in California. I've never met him. I tried to do a search for him one time. I haven't been able to find him from that standpoint. But my, my mom went through a very hard time and a challenging time in her life and literally had to give up a child to adoption. And that, and so I'm believing God that maybe one day I could meet him. Amen? And, but through that, I cannot imagine what my mother or any other mother goes through in those times. Think of Jacob at that time having to take her baby, believing in the destiny that's on the inside of him, and then releasing him down that river. You mothers are so strong. The pressure and the choices they face, but when they believe that all life has God's destiny connected to it, they move to protect it, even at the expense of great heartache to themselves. There's another lesson we can learn from her this morning. And that is for heartbroken people who have to turn their dreams over to God. They may have desired a happy marriage, a successful career, developing their talent, or some other worthwhile goal, yet circumstances prevented it. We can only get through that kind of disappointment by turning over to God For his grace and his and believing for his grace and compassion in our life. In his gracious way, God gives us himself the most desirable dream we could ever imagine. So you think she releases him, but upon that return and her son coming back, her greatest dream for his life and destiny is fulfilled. When she placed Moses in the Nile, she could not have known that he would grow up to be one of God's greatest leaders, chosen to rescue the Hebrew people from slavery out of Egypt by letting go and trusting God, even a greater dream was fulfilled. And mom, sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to let go and trust God. Amen. Let go and trust God with your children, even when you've raised them and nurtured them. Sometimes mom, just mother a little too much. Amen. I, I shared in first service, and uh, we, we had a lot of people in first service. I think they're out taking lunch, mom to lunch already. You guys are already late. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But they were... Uh, uh, yesterday, Jeffrey Clanton had asked me to play golf with him, so we went and played golf yesterday. We were over at Turkey Creek by Lincoln, and so they paired us up with a young man, and he's walking. He's got his push cart, and he's walking behind us. We're old. We're driving in the cart, and uh, so uh, he's behind us, and he's kind of, he's young, energetic, and he's like playing from the blue tees. He's just like swinging really super hard to everything, and his golf ball is going all over the place like this. Every now and then, he get a good shot, and so about 
Two-thirds of the way through the round of golf, I'm standing behind him as he's teeing off, and he's got his right hand turned under, and when he swings, so it means his club face is open, so he's slicing the ball. And I said, son, hey, I said, I'm just an old guy doesn't know much, but maybe I could help you. If you just turn that right hand over a little bit, your ball will go a little bit straighter, and you won't have to swing so hard to fix it. And so he starts hitting the ball, starts hitting it better and getting better every time. He's getting better and better. And he goes, wow, that's really helping. Next thing you know, on, on the next tee box, you tell me, I just text my mom and I told her a pastor just helped fix my swing. <laughs> and she's like having a Holy Ghost shout down on the phone texting him back. It turns out he'd been raised his whole life in church. He's running from God. And so now he's telling his mom, God, God playing golf with a pastor. He's fixing my swing. And mom's going, yes, hallelujah, glory <laughs> Amen. And that. So what I'm saying is, is that here's this young man, and then he's not only walking with us, he's got his phone on there, and he's playing like 70s uh, rock and roll music. He goes, do you mind that? I said, no, that's my area. We have the best music anyway, so you go ahead, son, enjoy our music. Amen. And then he's got a backpack on there, and he's full of Coors Light. He's like chugging down Coors Light, walking in the heat. And I said, that won't help your swing either. Anyway. <laughs> So we're going through all this, and then we get down to the last one. I go, Scott, where do you go to church, man? He goes, oh, man. He said, I just moved back. I need to get in church. I, I went a couple times, a couple places. He said, man, i got to find a church. And I said, well, let me contact a friend of mine, and there's a young guy. I know Caleb Cole has a church downtown, and he could connect with you. They've got a lot of young people your age. It'd be great. And so then we're there, and after we get all done, I pray for him. So I'm putting my arm around him. Jeff and I are praying for him. God bless him, lead him, and, and that. He starts crying and breaking down. And I'm just saying that to you as mom. Just go ahead and let go and trust God. Because even if God's got to send a crazy preacher to help your son fix his golf swing to get him back into church, God will take care of your children's destiny. Amen? Amen. So I'm just telling you, go ahead and trust God. But letting go, Jochebed was able to let go and to trust God. By letting go and trusting God, she got even a greater dream fulfilled. See, her, she showed us the determination and ingenuity of a desperate mother can result in amazing circumstances. But I want you to think about what can we learn from her? We can learn this. When we trust God, even in our greatest times of pain and heartache, that God will be faithful to have someone positioned to draw them out of the water. God had somebody positioned right there. She trusted. She released Moses. And God had somebody positioned to draw him out of the water and to be there and to fulfill his destiny. Amen? Lastly, I want to finish with one last woman, and that is Hannah in the Bible, because I want to talk to you about the power of a praying mother. Moms, your prayers are powerful, and they mean so much. Think about this lady yesterday getting a text from her son. How many know she'd been praying for her son? Amen. And then God moving in response to her prayer and believing God. And so we find that Hannah is one of the most poignant characters in the Bible. Hannah was amazing as a praying mom. Like several other women in Scripture, she was barren. People in ancient Israel believed that large, a large family was a blessing from God. Infertility, therefore, was a source of humiliation and shame. To make matters worse, her husband and her husband's other wife not only bore children, but taunted Hannah mercilessly. It's one thing when you're going through hardships. It's another thing when people are rubbing it in your face. Amen. And you can't get away. You're just caught up in that. It says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. 
This went on year after year. And when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. She just got, she carried so much grief and so much desire and waiting, but yet kept pressing in in prayer, kept waiting and holding on. Amen? So think about it. You see, so there at the house, she's there, and when she's praying, there Eli sees her, and she's praying, and she's just stammering there. She can't even utter words. And Eli walks over to her and saw her and even accused her of being drunk, but she answered that she wasn't drunk, that she was praying and pouring out her soul to the Lord. So he, being touched by her pain, answered and said, Go in peace. May the Lord God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And so Anna and her husband come together. She becomes pregnant the Lord remembers her and she had a son and she named him Samuel which means God here and women I want you to hear that this morning God hears your prayers can you say amen he hears your prayers mom but Hannah had made a promise to God that if she bore a son, she would give him back for God's servant. So Hannah followed through on that promise, and she handled the young child Samuel. She brought him back and gave him back to Eli to be raised up. And you know the account. There Eli is. He's growing up. He hears a voice at night, and he, and he goes to Eli. Have you called me? He said, no, it wasn't me. And then he hears the voice again. He goes back in. Did you call me? No, it wasn't me. And then the third time he goes, hey, I heard a voice again. And Eli goes, hey, maybe it's God. <laughs> I love that story. Anyway, so he goes back in and said, this is what you say. You say, here am I, Lord. And so he goes back in and God begins to speak to him, but it's God's voice, but it isn't what Eli wanted to hear anyway. So that's a whole other story that turned out bad in that situation. But anyway, so he becomes this great prophet. And even after being trained by Eli and the word of the Lord comes through him. But I want you to think about Samuel becomes this great man of God. God blessed Hannah. For honoring her pledge. She bore three more sons and two more daughters. She ended up having not one child, but six children by the grace of God. So keep pressing in. God has your answer on the way. Amen? And Samuel grew up to become the last of Israel's judges, the first prophet, and a counselor to the first two kings, both Saul and David. What did she accomplish? She gave birth to Samuel and gave him to the Lord. Her son Samuel, think about this, is listed in Hebrew. Her son that she prayed for, tarried for, is listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Amen. So when you're going through it, never give up on what God's put in your life. Moms, you are such a valuable reason. Thank you for doing all the stuff that Joyce said. Thank you for taking care of all the stuff that we never think about. Thank you for the amazing thing you are as a mother. But more than anything, you carry the dream and you carry the heart of destiny for your children on the inside of you. God put that in you. As dads, we get caught up with stuff. And I'm sorry, I wish we thought more about some of that stuff. But we really just don't. But that's why God gave you because you carry our children and you uh, intercede for them and you love them and you never let go of that dream and God honors your perseverance. Can you say amen? amen? So Hannah was persevering. Even though God was silent toward her request for a child for many years, she never stopped praying. She had faith that God had the power to help her. She never doubted God's ability. Like most of us, Hannah was strongly influenced by her culture. She drew her esteem from what others thought she should be like. She had no self-esteem because while she was going through that time of barrenness, here she's being ridiculed, here she's being put down. And I want you to hear this this morning. Never let the culture of the day or the opinion of others shape your opinion of yourself. 
Never let the culture of our day or the opinion of anybody else shape your opinion of yourself and your value to God and to those he has placed in your life. You know what? The woman who was nagging her and giving her a bad time for having no children, you never hear her name again and you never hear anything about her children. Amen? But the woman who was barren, who persevered, who believed God, what happened? She raised up a man of God and a prophet to the Lord and a mighty man of God who made it in God's hall of fame of faith. Amen? So who cared about other people's opinion? So what did we learn? As the worship team comes back, from Hannah we learned after years of praying for the same thing, most of us would give up. Give up. Don't get discouraged about your children. I said it last week during communion. Listen, you have a covenant with God. I'm pretty radical on this when it comes to covenant. My Bible says that if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that me and my household will be saved. I keep my covenant with God. God keeps his promise to me. Amen. I don't care if it has to be a last-minute confession. I don't care what the circumstances are. My children will be saved because I have a covenant with God. Period. End of discussion. Are you with me? I'm not going to fret over them or worry. I just thank God. Thank you, Father, for your covenant. I'm walking in relationship with you because I am in covenant with you. You have promised to keep your word with me. And so when we get that down on the inside of it for covenant and relationship, we can hold on regardless of how long it looks like it's taking. Hannah did not give up. She was a devout woman of God, and God finally answered her prayer. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing, and that's exactly what Hannah did. Never give up. Or in other words, always believe. Can you say amen? Always believe. Hannah teaches us never give up. That the blessing that comes when we honor and keep our promises to God. And to praise God for his wisdom and kindness. And so miracles are always a part of the promise of God. And seeing God bring that through and turn things around. Believe God for miracles. And believe God to be faithful. Who was Hannah? She was just a wife, a mother, and a homemaker. She was just an everyday mom. Can you say amen? But gave birth to an amazing man of God. And every one of you are amazing woman of God. And I don't care if you have a backstory like Eve. I don't care if you've had to let go of something like Jochebed. I don't care if you've had to persevere for something like Hannah. God sees you. He recognizes you. And He honors you. And we believe in you. And God believes in you. And you should be encouraged today. Can you say amen? Would you all just stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Well, go ahead. Give God a good praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, these are hard times. I was blessed by... Sue and I, my mother-in-law is with us. I love... My mom, I have two moms. Mom Gigi. Amen. Love you, Mom. Amen. And my mom still alive. My mom's 87. She's like a the iron horse. She is. She's a walk goes, man. She just goes. Amen. She's awesome. She takes like 95,000 supplements a day. <laughs> awesome. Mom's like, Hi mom. Just watch this. Mom watches. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. But Mama's awesome. She's strong. She's 87 years old, going strong. And we got to have lunch with her. And I know that on days like this, these are hardships. Because some people lost their moms early in life, unfortunately. I see on Facebook people posting, it's been a few years since Mom passed away and dealing with that. And that's hard. Because moms are such a special gift in our life. And even that, I, I know we might even have some ladies in here. And you're in that camp with Hannah. That in having your own children, dealing with that, that this has been a heartache. Over the years, we've prayed for people who have actually received children and, and things happen in their life and stuff. But that's a weight to bear also. So on days like this, there's lots of celebration and rejoicing. But I'm aware there's also a lot of heartache and, and hard times that comes with that. And we just want to pray and pronounce God's grace and peace over your life in that situation. Because mothers do carry such an important area. And I think about Eve. And even in that, that even for our lives sometimes, you know what, there are hard times when I wish our parents did better jobs sometimes. I wish people didn't grow up with broken homes or heartache or the hurts that come from that. Years ago, the Lord helped me in dealing with my relationship with my father. And this is what he said to me. The Lord said, son, he can't give you what he doesn't have. And so my expectations of my dad to be something in my life was beyond what he was able to give. And based upon how he was raised, what he experienced, everything in him. And see, if we don't allow God to heal our brokenness, we can never give wholeness to anybody else. And many times your parents, my parents, just operated in brokenness. Amen. And so in our family, I mean, there, there's so many things we can share and look back on. And then you realize, wow, that's why they, they carried that. And learning to let God heal us and forgive us. So I just want you to, if you could, maybe there's been a hardship there or something. And, and just today on Mother's Day, maybe if there's something that there's been a pain connected to this or a hurt or a brokenness, maybe just be able to release that today and let God touch and heal that. So you have more wholeness to give to others. Father, I just pray over your people today. Lord, that your blessing would be upon them. Father, we know that, that, that mistakes are made by parents and things happen. But Lord, we want to forgive as you forgive. Lord, we understand when we don't forgive, when we don't release, we make ourselves even greater than you. So Father, forgive us of anything that we might be holding. Forgive us of carrying hurts or ascribing pains or guilt to somebody. But, Father, we just love and we release today. And, Lord, I just speak your healing over people right now for any hurt or pain that they might have carried through their life. And, Lord, I speak your comfort over those today who may have, their mom may have passed prematurely or early or, or, or something happened, that relationship, that on these days, this is such a hard day for them because of that brokenness in their life. Lord, let your grace come to bear upon their life. Bring your healing power to bear upon them today. Lord, I just pray your blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. Now I want to ask this. I'm going to ask for all of our moms that are here. Would you just come up? Pastor Sue and I want to bless you. And uh, Sean and Dana. Sean, they got Eric running out. If you and Dana will come and help us. We want to bless you guys. And if you guys will get that basket, Sue and I will get this one over here. And we just want to bless you this morning. While the moms are coming, I just wanted to say that the little Joyce Meyer clip, it wasn't meant to say that 
we don't honor and respect you, man. I I'm love you. you. I know you're teasing, but I just want to make sure that you know that. I'm going to go home and do laundry. <laughs> Will you stop? You men do so many things that we don't know how to do that we never think of doing. And many of you I can do, build a boat. Will you stop? Many of you, many of you do the things that Joyce was talking about in the video. The, my whole point when I first saw that, Natasha Turner showed it to me, was nobody understands what a mama does except another mama. And when I saw that, I thought, amen. We are, we are so... Um, we have the heart of God. We are nurturing. We are faithful. We are protective. And we live our lives sacrificially. And um, I just wanted, I just thought it was just so perfect. We, the things that we do, sometimes we feel like we don't do enough. We're not smart enough. We're not, um, you know, maybe we don't love enough. We don't know how to do things right. But, you know, it's all those little things that we do that That's enable right. our husband to just get up and go to bed Amen. and have peace and our kids to have peace to pursue their dreams and pastor that was an awesome message this morning and um we love you and appreciate you and all of our men and our women you guys are awesome and everything that you do every little thing picking up those socks filling the dog's bowl you know what it it makes a difference taking seems, the cat out of the dryer <laughs> it's important praise god